Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And today we have the unexpected, a backtrack from one of the major console manufacturers in the video game industry. But to give you the context for that, in case you haven't been following the news, we have to talk about what they were planning to do earlier this past month. On your screen right now is a PlayStation.com support home webpage that is talking about discontinued features of the Sony ecosystem of products, in which they said that we are closing the PlayStation Store on PlayStation 3 consoles on July 2nd, 2021, and on PlayStation Vita devices on August 27th, 2021. Additionally, the remaining purchase functionality for PSP will also retire on July 2nd, 2021. Features you'll be able to access. You will still be able to re-download and play previously purchased game titles. This was something of a disconnect on the internet when people were commenting on whether Sony should do this, cut off the store access for these older legacy devices. They promised that you would still be able to re-download and play your previously purchased game titles, which is what everybody, I think, is most concerned with. But you will no longer be able to purchase PS3 and PS Vita and PSP digital content, including games and video content, after these cutoff dates were to take place. Now, in the face of all this, this announcement faced some considerable backlash on the internet. A number of articles were written about it. We'll talk about one aspect of those as part of this video, as well as a story that we actually covered directly here in Virtual Legality, which was this notion that the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation 4 had a battery in them that might prevent the use of digital games after PlayStation Network access were to be discontinued. And because they were closing these stores, and I think everybody kind of had a clarifying moment about what this all means in terms of a digital landscape, that Sony, of course, was not going to be keeping their exact same infrastructure for a thousand years. What did it mean for the preservation of video games, for the access of those video games, for the things that you thought you bought back when you were buying PlayStation 3 games or Vita games or PlayStation Portable games. I wound up having a number of conversations with folks in podcasts across the internet about what licensing of software meant, how Sony had the rights to do this, in fact, how the terms of service that Sony maintains essentially gives them the right to change any aspect of the licensed content that you think you have purchased, which I always think is a good thing to highlight here in virtual legality. If you hate that, make it known. Let Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo, who all have very similar contracts, this isn't picking on any one console manufacturer, know that the digital future needs to be thought through a little bit better at this point in time and not at the point in time when things cause real problems. But I did this video to kind of highlight those things. And then yesterday, Sony made an announcement. PlayStation Store on PS3 and PS Vita will continue operations. Recently, we notified players that PlayStation Store for PS3 and PS Vita devices was planned to end this summer. Upon further reflection, however, it's clear that we made the wrong decision here. So today, I'm happy to say that we will be keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and PS Vita devices. PSP Commerce functionality will retire on July 2nd, 2021, as planned. So the overall thrust of Sony's not going to keep things operational forever is still existent. The PSP being the oldest piece of hardware on this list is losing that purchase and sale functionality, but it's still an important kind of breakthrough point in time for these kinds of conversations on the internet. I don't know how many people were still buying things and putting things up 
on the PlayStation 3 store or the PS Vita store, but enough folks made noise and there were rumblings around whether or not this was a good idea. And this all broke at the same time that the Bloomberg story came out that said Sony's only interested in blockbusters, which of course we did a video on and Days Gone got into the news twice in as many weeks and all these kinds of things floating around Sony Primarily, I think, because there isn't a lot of news in the video game industry in general, and neither Sony or Microsoft are really fully going in this current generation to release the games that everybody wants to see, and they're kind of moving along slowly in the pandemic to get more and more games out to release, that these kinds of stories were taking hold. But it's still important to note that this blog post is ostensibly written by the president and CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, Jim Ryan. Now, I say ostensibly because I have no doubt that he approved this message to go out under his name, but there were a lot of folks that look at a post like this one, an announcement like this one that is going to change the infrastructure of the Sony ecosystem and a lot of people's business plans, which is another aspect of what we will talk about. It's also worth noting that the language here is very strong. A lot of the times, especially if you follow Jim Ryan or Sony announcements in general, you see a little bit of mealy-mouthedness, a little bit of ambiguity. We don't really want to say this was right or this was wrong or we're moving in this direction or that. This was very specific and very clear. It is clear that we made the wrong decision here is about as strong as you can get in the land of corporate speaking. And I think that is useful to folks that are reflecting on this, looking at it and saying, yeah, this was a legitimate about face. When we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for the PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita, it was born out of a number of factors including commerce support challenges for older devices and the ability for us to focus more of our resources on newer devices where a majority of our gamers are playing on. This is the same kind of thing we always talk about when we're talking about the business of video games and the use of servers and infrastructure and technology is that at some point in time, it doesn't make sense to keep that SOCOM server up, the MAG server. It doesn't make sense for Electronic Arts to keep FIFA from six years ago up when it's trying to sell new FIFAs. And I think everybody has an intuitive understanding of that. You don't have to love it, especially if there are classics in there that are no longer supported that you want to play. Again, I might be the only person on earth that misses Battleborn, but miss it I do. I really enjoyed that game, and that is definitely not available to play, including the single player, which we could talk about in a different video, because the online infrastructure has been turned off. You can feel bad about those things. You can say, we need more preservation. Maybe even we need regulations or laws, whatever some people wind up saying in the comments to my videos. But you can also still understand why businesses do these kinds of things. What they're looking at is a PlayStation 3 and a PlayStation Vita that doesn't have a lot of use, that isn't selling a lot of things in those storefronts, and that costs some, and you might argue it's de minimis, it's very small, amount of money to operationally keep up. And, hey, we also want you to be advancing to the new things where we have the higher margins, where we're selling more stuff, where there's more volume, where there's advertising, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we're going to turn these things off. Then you get the next sentence. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PlayStation 3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future. So I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. Now that's amusing, right? I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. And I think this is a good thing. I think it's a good reversal. I don't want to throw Sony or PlayStation under the bus. We are talking about money here. There isn't a grand technological fix that needs to happen. It's primarily money. 
that you need the money to support the thing, probably to maintain it at some level to match up with current technological specifications or whatever else it might be. But it is a relatively small amount of money and it is definitely a solution that can be bought with money. So yes, we're able to find a solution because we looked at who was complaining about this thing. We talked to our accountants, said, hey, this isn't going to kill us. We can earn goodwill. We can turn this into a marketing opportunity where I go out on the blog and a number of articles are written about how wise we are and how we're listening to the fans. And that's all well and good. That's an important thing for Sony to try to market right now when a lot of folks have been criticizing them, including myself. But, you know, let's not actually hide the ball here. We're talking about money. And yes, you found the money to do this thing. I'm very happy about that. And I'm very happy for the people that are very interested in this. Now, I did highlight one bit of language here in red, classic games. And I'm going to come back to it because I think it's very interesting. Before I do, I did want to point out, just so we're clear, just so the fans of the various console manufacturers understand, I do acknowledge that Microsoft did a similar reversal, of course, earlier this year, in fact, when they tried to change the pricing of Xbox Live Gold, and they're still working on various things to move the pricing around for gold and Ultimate and Game Pass, et cetera, et cetera. But they realized they went too far back, I believe it was in January, of this year and reverse course very, very quickly after making the announcement. One thing I want you to take away from this video is that these companies can and do listen. And just because they don't change something or they continue to sell something you don't like or they censor something and you don't like that and they don't change that course, it doesn't mean that they aren't paying attention to their bottom line. It just means that Perhaps your voice and the voice of the people that agreed with you on a given position wasn't loud enough, wasn't significant enough. And at some point, you do have to say, well, then I don't represent the market and Sony and Microsoft are trying to make the best decisions that they can. And I can disagree with them. God knows I do in virtual legality all the time. But you have to come to an understanding that maybe they're right and your group isn't large enough to move the needle for something like this. In this case, the Microsoft Xbox Live Gold pricing and the Sony closure of previous storefronts, those voices were loud enough. One aspect of that, however, is that this wasn't limited solely to consumers. If you go and you look at an IGN article from earlier this month, you see some PS Vita developers weren't properly warned the PSN store were closed. Now, that's an unusual headline in and of itself. What is the word properly doing here? Is that a legal kind of concept? Is it an ethical concept? I don't understand what proper warning is for the closure, and IGN doesn't actually explain it in this article, but they do say that there were folks that were left in the lurch. On March 29th, the same day IGN reported on the PlayStation Store closure, Lily Mo Games announced that it canceled the Vita version of its next game because the store will be closed before the game will be ready for release. In a direct message to IGN, Barry Johnson from Lily Mo Games says that the studio was not warned about the closing of the Vita store in any way. In fact, Johnson says that they purchased a second Vita dev kit just last month. And if you go back and you actually look at this original notice, you'll see that there are dates given for when you have to get things in to the store and that Sony is only going to publish those games that get in at the given date, but that wasn't enough warning for some of the folks quoted here. According to the email given to the developers, the final date to submit games to the PS Vita store is July 12th, and the final date to release content on the PS Vita is July 20th. The final date to submit a game to Sony's global quality assurance is July 6th, though Sony says it can't guarantee slots for review. So you have all these developers maybe a handful at least, that are making Vita games right now and they have to get everything done by July 6th, which you'll note is actually a number of months after they made the initial announcement. That is, from a commercial contracts perspective, the notice period. Hey, we're going to cut off this service. 
here's 60 days or 90 days and you can get your stuff in. And if you don't get it in, well, you've been informed that the service is being cut off. Obviously, while that is standard in commercial contracts, in software as a service presentations and servers in and of themselves, it might not be enough time for somebody that has invested money in making a game for longer periods than just that 60 or 90 days. So it's understandable why these folks were complaining, but this was the kind of thing that got noise on IGN. This was the kind of thing that drew attention. And it's not just consumers. These are actual contract partners with Sony. And everybody's equal in terms of voices and the things that they can express to these companies. But certainly those folks that are going to make the company directly money by selling things through its storefront are maybe a little bit more noisy, a little bit more listened to by these big corporations because they matter at the bottom line and they want these developers to continue to support not just the PlayStation Vita, but hopefully the PlayStation 4, the PlayStation 5, and the rest. Now, IGN says, is an update from yesterday, talking about what we're talking about here today, that Sony has announced that it has reversed its decision to close the PlayStation Store. In a PlayStation blog, they say it's the wrong decision, but the PSP Store will close on July 2nd, and functionality to buy games for that system will still cease. But this is an update to an article about PS Vita developers being able to put things on the store. And the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's unclear to me, as a lawyer, looking at what was said here, that Sony is actually going to entertain new products on the store, at least forever. There might be a new deadline that they establish, a grandfathering of the dates that they set forth for the people that are currently making PlayStation Vita or PlayStation 3 games. But note what this last sentence says and why I highlighted this in red. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PlayStation 3 and PlayStation Vita for the, for the foreseeable future. So I'm glad we were able to find a solution to continue operations. Now, there's a couple of ways to read that. One, most of the things that are on the PlayStation 3 store and the PlayStation Vita store are what you and I would generally consider classic. They're older. You'd be buying them to get those older games. The other way to read it is that, yes, we're going to allow consumers to purchase things off the store. We're going to keep that storefront operational, but we don't want it to grow. We don't want to encourage more things to have to be supported on that store. And we don't want them to be a place where people regularly find themselves going to purchase new things. So what we're going to do is we're going to say, yes, we understand you want to purchase classic games, but we are going to limit the additions to that storefront at some point in the future, which may or may not be the dates that we already sent out to our developers by email. That's an open question. I haven't seen it answered. Lily Moe, as referenced here, is Colin Moriarty's company or is related to him. I've seen him online on Twitter talking about this. I don't think he has an answer yet, or if he does, he hasn't shared it with folks. And that's an open question that I think is an important one to be answered because some of the noisiness here came from developers. Some of the noisiness here came from contractual and commission royalty-based relationships. And whether or not those are going to be affected by the initial statement or by this reversal is still something that's up for grabs. And so if I'm IGN, I'd be asking for clarity on this point. What they said in this statement doesn't change the actual substance of this article, doesn't necessarily mean that developers are welcome to post things onto those stores for the future. And I just don't know the answer to that question. So overall, I think this was a very good thing for Sony. I think it was a necessary thing for Sony, even if you don't personally use the PlayStation 3 store, the PlayStation Vita store. I don't. 
I still think it's useful right now in this point in time, quarter two, 2021, for Sony to get out there with some nice marketing, with a we listen to the fans kind of thing that's not going to cost them a lot of money, that's not going to cost them a lot of prestige or anything like that. Because ultimately, when you've got these kinds of reversals, the big risk you run if you are one of these companies, and especially if you're the CEO, an officer in charge of one of these companies, is that it sometimes can look like you don't know what you're doing, that you don't know what direction to steer the ship, that things are a little bit more rocky than they should be, and things aren't smooth sailing as they should be. In fact, that's one of the comments that I made about Microsoft when they were doing this, was what are you even doing? How do you even go out with that notice without knowing how it's going to be? actually realized by the audience and then reverse it. I think it was within a day, maybe two days of when they originally announced it. Here, I don't think you necessarily have that same kind of pushback because ultimately this isn't something that is likely to affect a lot of the Sony consumer base other than for this kind of free marketing. Hey, they listened to fans when fans were concerned about wanting to invest in this ecosystem. So I think it's a win for Sony. I don't really think you have those negative ramifications. And I think it's a win for people that want to have a voice in these kinds of things, want to believe that these companies are at least remotely listening to what they're concerned about with respect to these things. I can't promise you they'll make any change in the future that you might want, but I can say that it is worthwhile to make some noise if there's something important to you that you want these companies to know about, because sometimes, sometimes it will actually affect change. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoy talking about the business and law of video games, pop culture, music, movies, and television, please consider supporting the channel. We're doing a lot of these videos. We're having a lot of great conversations. We've got a Patreon, Streamlabs, a store. And if none of those things appeal to you, just subscribe, ring the bell, leave a comment for Google, help YouTube know that we're making these videos, and tell your friends that we're out here doing the same. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.